You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. has flesh and bones in his resurrection body, and yet he can walk through walls. I can't explain that, but I serve a miracle God, so I don't have to explain it. It's a real body. It's a physical body, but it can walk through walls. On another occasion, he appears to them, and they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement. This is what it says. And he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. So it's a spiritual body. I can't explain this either, but we can eat. Do you ever question why things happen the way they happen? Do you ever question certain things in your walk with Jesus? Maybe you wonder when Jesus will return and what will happen to you when he does. In today's message with Pastor Danny, he'll encourage you not to worry about those kind of things. If you put your faith in Christ, God will be with you. You may not understand it all, but you don't need to understand it all. God is a God of miracles, and he's working all things together for good. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 8. As he begins his message, Our Glorious Inheritance. Well, today's basic uh, is an aspect of our faith that should keep our focus beyond this present world. I want you to begin with me in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and go down to verse 8. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. If you've ever been in a foreign country, especially if they don't speak the same language as you, you can appreciate what's being said here. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, let me clue you in. That building you will not find on planet earth. Not here. Same chapter, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. All the characters mentioned in Hebrews 11, it sums up their faith, verse 39. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Now that's interesting in light of some of the scriptures in Hebrews 11, talking about women who received back children from the dead. 
talking about some that squelched quiet to the fury of the flames. And you think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who shut the mouths of lions. You can't help but think of Daniel and the lion's den. And the idea is that wasn't what was promised. Uh, Those miraculous things, certainly they were thankful for, but that wasn't what they were promised. Nothing in this life, beyond this life, beyond this world. Now, I don't know if you're aware that there are more worlds than the one we live in. And understand what I mean by worlds. For example, there's a world beneath us, a real world, the underworld beneath us. Right now in Sheol, in a compartment of Sheol, we translate as hell. There are spirits. Now understand, we are spirit beings having a human experience. We are spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. People who die without Christ, Jesus confirmed, go to the underworld. They go to Sheol. They go to the grave. They go to a place called hell. Jesus talked about a rich man who died. And when he died, he ended up in hell, in the grave, and in a place of torment, a place of fire. There are people there right now. That same rich man is there right now. Whether we want to believe it or not, that's what the Bible says. It's true. There's a real underworld. You read the Gospels, repeatedly demons would beg Jesus not to send them to the pit. That's down below. Fascinating, Revelation 9, verses 1 and 11, there's an angel who has the key to what's called the bottomless pit, and it's down. It's the abyss, the abuso. One definition of the abuso, a very deep gulf or chasm in the lowest parts of the earth, used as the common receptacle of the dead, and especially as the abode of demons. Now, let me let you know this. Matthew 25, verse 41, Jesus confirmed that hell down below the place of torment was never created for you and me. Never created for you and me. It was created for the devil and his angels. God's done everything he can do that nobody has to go there. But people do choose to go there. They choose to reject the grace of God and they go there. Not only is there a real world below. By the way, one compartment of Sheol called Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom. Before Jesus died on the cross, if you died in faith looking forward to the coming Messiah, like Abraham, like Adam and Eve, like David, like all the saints of the Old Testament, they put their faith in God in the promise of a coming seed, the Messiah. Uh, They couldn't go directly to the presence of the Father. They couldn't go to heaven, all right? They had to go to Sheol, but they went to a different compartment in the underworld called Abraham's bosom. Because it was the faith of Abraham, God said, through Abraham, through you, through your seed, someone coming from the lineage of Abraham. And we know that's Christ. They went to Abraham's bosom, and Jesus talked about it. The same time he talked about the rich man who ended up in the place of torment in the underworld, he also said there was a beggar that was at this rich man's gate every day, but the rich man didn't care for the beggar, walked by him every day, living for himself. The beggar died in faith. He woke up in Abraham's bosom, and he was comforted. It was a place of comfort. Ephesians chapter 4 quotes from Psalm 68 verse 18, a messianic psalm about Messiah. And here's what it says. When he ascended from below, he led captives in his train, his royal robe, 
Those captives were all those who died in faith, looking forward to the coming Messiah, who would shed his blood, offer the only sacrifice that could cleanse man of sin. So he went to the underworld. That's what Peter tells us. He went to Sheol. And he preached. What did he preach? Well, I don't know exactly what he preached, but he must have preached victory. And then he unlocked Abraham's bosom and he led Adam and Eve and David and Jacob and everybody who died in faith up until the cross. He led them from Abraham's bosom into the presence of the Father. That's why Philippians 1 says now to be absent from the body for us is to be present with the Lord. But that was in the underworld. It's a real place, Abraham's bosom. Now, not only is there a real world below us, If we could see, I'm not sure I want to, the things that are going on in the heavenlies above us. Jacob, Genesis 28, had a dream where he saw the angels of God ascending and descending earth to heaven. And that really happens. We know a lot of scriptures about that. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel uh, has a vision about future events. He doesn't understand the vision. He begins to pray. He actually fasts and prays. And 21 days later, an angel appears to him and gives him help in understanding the vision that the God had given him. And here's what the angel said. From the first day you set your heart to seek the Lord, first day you started to pray about this, I was sent. But the prince of Persia detained me for 21 days. Prince of Persia, a fallen angel, detained this faithful angel sent from heaven. 21 days of spiritual warfare going on. God sent a higher-ranking faithful angel to get this messenger through to Daniel. You read it, Daniel chapter 10. Fascinating. Matthew's gospel says that after Jesus resurrected from the dead, that an angel came down from heaven and rolled the stone away from the tomb. That's what it says. He didn't roll the stone away to let Jesus out. Jesus was already out. Listen, he walked through walls after his resurrection. He don't need nobody to roll away the stone. He rolled away the stone to let us in. See that he's risen. But it says, when the angel came down from heaven and rolled away the stone, when he came down from heaven, there was a great earthquake. I have a personal opinion uh, that as we get closer to the end, one of the signs Jesus gave of us being close is a much increase in earthquakes. That's just one of the signs. And folks, we're living in that day. And I think it's not, it's more than just science and uh, just the, the fault lines and all that. I think it's increased demonic activity. That's just my opinion. But an angel comes down from heaven. That's a faithful angel, good angel. And he shakes things up. <laughs> Earthquake. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Let me read it. By the way, this is just a very brief introduction to the message. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Sci-fi kind of stuff, but it's real. There's an underworld. There's a world above us in the heavenlies. Finally, if you go far, far above, far, far above, far, far. There's a place called the third heaven. The apostle Paul went there. He writes about it. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Listen to what he says. Second Corinthians 12 verse two. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows. 
He was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. Somewhere far beyond where our telescopes go is a place called the third heaven. It's paradise. It's where the new Jerusalem is, Revelation 21, you read about it. The foundations of that city, priceless gems, 12 gates, every gate a single pearl. I can't wait to see those clams. It's the place where in that new Jerusalem, there are really streets of gold. Fascinating. It's a real place. Third heaven. It's where the throne of God is. It's where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Remember the one thief who had a change of heart before he died on the cross beside Jesus? And he turns to Jesus, and here's what he said. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember what Jesus said to him? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. That's the third heaven. Jesus' body was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He was in the grave. But Jesus' spirit, Peter says, he went to Sheol. He preached. He opened up Abraham's bosom. He went to the presence of the Father. That's where he took that thief that very day when they died. I wonder if he got to go down to Abraham's bosom and then go back up, or Jesus caught him, kind of caught him back on the way. I don't know. <laughs> Here I am. That's the intro. Here's the springboard verse. I pray this for somebody every week. I pray it almost every day for somebody. I pray also that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the glorious inheritance in the saints. I pray it for my children every day. Romans 8, verse 17. Now, if we're children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Fascinating stuff. Corinthian church, you know, they were a carnal bunch, and Paul writes to them, and they got all kind of sin going on they need to deal with in their lives. One of the things that was happening is somebody would cheat somebody else. I mean, Christians in the church. They were suing one another. They were going before unbelievers to the courts. And Paul rebukes them. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, don't you realize all things are yours? All things are yours. In other words, all things are yours. Do you know the inheritance you have? So why are you arguing about the stuff that's so temporary here? Why are you fighting over that stuff? Don't you know all things are yours? Don't fight over this stuff that's so temporary. You have an eternal home, an eternal inheritance. Let me read you a few verses. Just listen. Matthew 25, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. First Peter 1, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Ephesians 1, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Holy Spirit guarantees my inheritance. Now let's talk for 
few moments about some of the particulars because talk forever about this stuff and we will. We're going to experience resurrection unto eternal life. Now, those who don't know Jesus Christ are those who didn't die in faith, like the Old Testament saints and the coming Messiah. Those who rejected the grace of God, they're going to be resurrected too. That's what the Bible says. But they'll be resurrected unto eternal damnation. That's what the Bible says. Romans 6, 16, if you've been united with Jesus in his death, you'll certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. I never tire of any other word of God, but especially places like 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep, died physically in Christ, are lost. If only in this life, for this life we have hope in Christ, we're to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ, all in Christ will be made alive. Did you know that as a believer, if I don't experience the rapture and I die physically in this life, I'll only die once. If I was an unbeliever, I'm going to die twice. That's what the Bible says, Revelation 20. They're going to die once physically, and then it says at the judgment, the great final judgment, they're going to experience the second death. They'll be thrown into a place called the lake of fire where the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. That's deep stuff, but that's what it says. I'm going to only die once. And it's not really death. Jesus said about us, we've crossed over from death unto life. You know, that's just a passageway. I just leave in this body and I'm going home. That's it. Now get this, especially you wise saints. And when I say wise, I mean all the lighter colored hair. We're going to get a new body. We're going to get a new body. I'm going to get a new body. Every birthday, I appreciate this and long for it more and more. Every birthday. 1 Corinthians 15, I don't know if you're still there. Verse 42, so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. Here's the deal. We are going to be immortal. Fascinating stuff. Get this, verse 43. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It's going to be a glorious body. Glorious. I don't know if there are mirrors in heaven. I don't know if there are mirrors in eternity. But if there are, you'll never look in the mirror and go, I I would like to change something. You know, now, every time somebody looks in the mirror, even the best looking people on earth, they tell us that there's something about themselves they want to change. Listen, once you get a new body, there's going to be no, you won't send in any complaints the central pearly gates. Verse 43, it is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It's going to be a powerful body. But this last one to me is the most fascinating. Verse 44, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. You keep reading there, verse 44, if there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So it is written, 
The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. I declare to you, brothers, the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. We will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye before you can blink. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. A spiritual body. To me, this is the most fascinating. Jesus, after his resurrection, he appears to his disciples. They were in a room. They had the door locked for fear of the Jewish leadership. And it says that Jesus walked in, not through the door, or if it was through the door, it was literally through the door. He just walked right through the wall. I always find it humorous when I read that story or think about it, because here's the first thing he says to him. He walks through the wall and he says, shalom means peace. Yeah. Somebody walks through a wall. I got the doors locked and that's the first feeling I'm going to have peace. They think he's a ghost. And here's what he says. Touch me. Touch me. He invited, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Now, I think it's very interesting. What he did not say is a ghost does not have flesh and blood. He said flesh and bones. Because the new body, it's a spiritual body. This body now is empowered by the blood. The life is in the blood. Are you with me? The new body is not empowered by the blood. I'm not sure. I don't think there's any blood in the new body. It's a spiritual body. It's not a natural body. This natural body, you're going to die without the blood. This is a spiritual body. Now, I can't explain it, but Jesus has flesh and bones in his resurrection body, and yet he can walk through walls. I can't explain that, but I serve a miracle God, so I don't have to explain it. It's a real body. It's a physical body, but it can walk through walls. On another occasion, he appears to them, and they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement. This is what it says. And he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. So it's a spiritual body. I can't explain this either, but we can eat. In the new creation, Revelation says there are trees by the river of life that give their fruit every month, and it is perpetually fresh, and there's all these different kinds of fruit. We'll be able to eat. Now, I'm going to throw you my opinion based on these verses. Here's my opinion. My opinion is, even though we can eat in our new spiritual body, we'll never have to relieve ourselves. That's just my opinion. Why do I believe that? Dung is unclean. Do I have to explain to anybody here what dung is? Everybody know what dung is? Dung is unclean. There is nothing unclean in heaven. I can't imagine a public utilities thing in heaven. Somebody running it. Now, I can't explain those things. New body, it's a real physical body, but it can walk through walls. New body, you can eat, but I don't think we'll have to relieve ourselves. That means you can eat as much as you want. And, and you won't get fat. I mean, it's just amazing stuff. 
Let me tell you one more thing about what I believe regarding the spiritual body that we'll have, the new body. Jesus said in Matthew 22, 30, we will be like the angels. Now, we won't be angels. We'll always be unique. We're not angels. We'll be like the angels. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges as we study Christian basics together. You can hear more teachings like this or more from Pastor Danny by going to our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That way you'll be able to stay up to date on the latest teachings and videos. If you're ever in or near the St. Petersburg area, we would love to meet you in person. We invite you to join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. If you're unable to visit us in person, we also live stream our services. Find out more on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. As Pastor Danny continues this series, Christian Basics, our prayer is that you're reminded that the fundamental thing you need to know is that Jesus loves you deeply. In a world full of unrest, He is rest. In days filled with hurry, He is still. In years full of uncertainty and despair, He is hope and never changes. The Bible is a great source to remember these truths, and we encourage you to read it daily. It will help guide you to truth and lead you in a way that is everlasting. That's all the time we have for today. Tune in next time to hear more from Pastor Danny right here on The Living Word.